Jones, Australia's leading voice. Well, good evening. A bit of a different time slot for me, but as you know, I am supposed to be taking a winter break. But I've come back to address this Berejiklian issue, which needs to be put into perspective, and that perspective tells me what you know. Berejiklian is not corrupt and would never do anything which would disadvantage New South Wales. So let's go to the history of this ICAC outfit. I've long argued that it is ICAC which is discredited not Berejiklian and others. So the Berejiklian finding, far from revealing a significant public service, continues the disgrace that is ICAC. Now consider this, Berejiklian is corrupt, you've got to say this slowly, because she didn't report her suspicions that Maguire, the partner or lover, was involved in corrupt conduct. This ICAC, ICAC Bob are kidding. Berejiklian never had suspicions that he was involved in corrupt conduct. Does ICAC know something about Berejiklian's state of mind that Berejiklian herself doesn't know? And this continues the infamous record of ICAC over and over again. I've urged successive premiers, O'Farrell, Baird, Berejiklian, to reform this mob. A Herald, a Sydney Morning Herald analysis eight years ago, found that 50 findings of ICAC may be outside the Commission's remit. Now, of course, the Margaret Keneen case is infamous. Kaneen had the guts to go right to the High Court, which found yet again that ICAC had acted outside its jurisdiction. But you could go to Operation Jasper, Operation Acacia, Operation Charity, Operation Karina, Operation Sagomo, and this goes on and on and on. I asked Gladys Birajeklin on air on February 28, 2019. And I said, Gladys, can you imagine how you would feel if because of ICAC, you became a headline everywhere for weeks and weeks, and the triumph articulated of claiming a scalp. Unquote. That was 2019. Prophetic. I urged Gladys to reform ICAC. Now she's the scalp. And the headlines across Australia and indeed parts of the world are arguing that Berejiklian is corrupt. Now you'd need a fertile mind to argue that is true. Indeed, ICAC has only one scalp, to my knowledge, because the courts have dealt with others. Eddie Obeid is that scalp, and I'm still not sure that Obeid is guilty of what was alleged. But I urge Gladys as Premier over and over again to be concerned with the damage that's done to so many innocent people. In spite of many communications with Premiers Berejiklian, and Baird and O'Farrell in writing over the new coal disgrace, where shareholders had their assets confiscated as a result of ICAC, and therefore, when would they be compensated? Now, even at the end, ICAC said there should be compensation for the new coal shareholders. They are innocent people. The Lantry family were victims. They wrote to Gladys and others. They never received the courtesy of a response. New coal shareholders have lost everything. Some are cleaning public toilets. No government has cared. Will they now know? ICAC is a disgrace. Innocent people are branded and reputations are destroyed. The cameras are there when they arrive. And once your name goes on the front page of the paper, that's the end of it. The very fine police commissioner, Michael Gallagher, innocent, but reputation trashed. 
A good man, Bart Bassett, the same. John Sidoti, a minister and state MP, had to wait more than two years for an ICAC decision. Of course, they found him corrupt. And the poor man has told me he couldn't afford the legal battle involved in going to court. Andrew Cornwall came into the Parliament of New South Wales with an impeccable reputation. He became a headline. He gave evidence to ICAC and Operation Spicer, an inquiry into electoral funding. When the Spicer report was released in 2016, he was cleared of corruption. But ICAC, in its usual form, referred Andrew Cornwall, a man of impeccable reputation, to the DPP for perjury. Now, you couldn't make this stuff up. It took four years for the DPP to rule there was insufficient evidence to prosecute Andrew Cornwall, but he'd been dragged through the sewer. Like Berejiklian, career gone. Mari Fakara, another Liberal MP, very good woman. And successive Liberal governments stood by and witnessed this disgraceful and appalling destruction of reputations in the public place. No apology, no compensation. If that is democracy in New South Wales, it stinks. The real corruption in New South Wales is the corruption of process. With Bart Bassett, his political career was destroyed. ICAC alleged that donations in 2010 to the Liberal Party's Free Enterprise Foundation election funding outfit were from a company called Boardwalk Resources, prohibited from making donations. ICAC's allegation was based on the fact that Boardwalk was affiliated with a developer called Buildev. Buildev and Boardwalk were both owned by Nathan Tinkler. The Crown Solicitor's Office found Boardwalk was not a prohibited donor as defined by the Act. But here's the rub. That advice was provided to ICAC. ICAC pressed on with its investigation into Bart Bassett. So Bassett was standing for election in 2011 and is supposed to have donated money to the Free Enterprise Foundation, which he'd never heard of. He never received money from the Foundation. He never asked anyone to donate to the Foundation. But the last time I looked, transcripts of ICAC's Operation Spicer, which states false information about Bart Bassett, remain on ICAC's website. ICAC's never apologised to Bassett or bothered to correct the record. Then there's Murray Keir, the former Emergency Services Commissioner. ICAC found him corrupt. Thankfully, he was able to get into a court of law. Many of ICAC's victims can't, as you know. It's an expensive process. But the magistrate in the Murray Keir case demolished the credibility of ICAC. Murray Keir was cleared. I mentioned the gifted former Deputy Senior Crown Prosecutor, Margaret Kaneen. She had to go all the way to the High Court to clear her name of ICAC damage and invention. The very fine Police Commissioner of New South, Police Minister of New South Wales, Michael Gallagher, was addressing a passing out parade of new recruits in Goulburn when he was interrupted. His Chief of Staff walked up onto the stage, excuse me, Minister, and the Chief of Staff said, with this astonishing message, Minister, you've just been called corrupt at ICAC. His reputation was gone, and like Gladys Berejiklian, he lost his job, he lost his income. His family suffered unbelievably. He was innocent. There's a stack of such people. I mentioned Andrew Cornwall, an up-and-coming and very respectable star of the Liberal Party. He too was forced to resign in 2014 amid an ICAC inquiry. Andrew Cornwall said it took four years and hundreds of thousands of dollars to clear his name after being accused. Unsurprisingly, Andrew Cornwall was cleared of any wrongdoing, but the mud sticks. Then there's the reputable Sydney businessman, Sharif Kazal. Gladys may now know how Kazal feels. I regularly reminded Gladys as Premier 
of a report by the former New South Wales judge and the ICAC inspector, John Nicholson. Now, the ICAC inspector, he's appropriately named. He is the government's ICAC watchdog. The Berejiklian government has had, and then Perrottet after Berejiklian, has had Inspector Nicholson's report since June 2017, re-Operation Vesta, concerning Sharif Ghazal. I argued in relation to Ghazal and others that ICAC's a law to itself. There is no justice. I'll come again to Ghazal in a minute because the Ghazal case, like others, relates to Berejiklian. Berejiklian is corrupt today because ICAC said she didn't report to them her suspicion that Maguire was involved in corrupt conduct. Berejiklian would never be involved in corrupt behaviour. She had no suspicion that Maguire was. How does ICAC enter the mind of Berejiklian and determine that she had a suspicion, even though she said she hadn't? Well, 13 years ago, Sharif Kazal and Andrew Kelly were declared corrupt by ICAC. They are still fighting to clear their names, 13 years ago. The ICAC finding was unsupported by any evidence. I believe they are taking the matter to the United Nations Human Rights Commission. But the case of Kazal and Kelly is emblematic of the ICAC crisis in justice. I mentioned the retired Judge Nicholson, an ICAC inspector, and his report in the government's hands that there was no proof to support a corruption finding against Kazal and Kelly. It's the same with Gladys. She's corrupt because she didn't report a suspicion, which she didn't have. In relation to Kazal and Kelly, ICAC found that they could have done something wrong. They could have. You believe this? They could have done something wrong. Even though Judge Nicholson, Inspector Nicholson, the ICAC watchdog, reported that ICAC had no evidence of any wrongdoing by either man in its possession before, during or after its inquiry. Yet still these men are labelled corrupt 13 years on. The government's own prosecuting body, the New South Wales DPP, found they had no case to answer. This despite the then ICAC commissioner and his team pursuing the DPP to lay charges. This is the kind of mob this ICAC crowd are. They were told by the DPP himself there was no case against the public official, Andrew Kelly. So filled with spite and vindictiveness, instead of dropping the matter altogether, the commissioner virtually said, oh, forget Kelly, go after Kazal. Yet for ICAC to call an inquiry, it first requires evidence of wrongdoing by a public official. Gladys had Nicholson's report in 2017 that there was no evidence to sustain a corrupt finding against Kazal and Kelly. Yet this report stayed on Gladys's desk year after year, even though she told me publicly in many interviews that she'd fix the injustice they sustained. The same with the innocent new coal shareholders who lost everything. And even ICAC recommended for those shareholders compensation. Nothing has happened. With O'Farrell, Baird or Berejiklian, Gladys, in fact, would often preface an interview with me by saying, oh, oh you're not going to go on about ICAC again, are you? And here she is, in exactly the same position as the private businessman, Mr Kazal, and the public servant, Andrew Kelly, labelled with the tattoo of corruption, as Sharif Kazal calls it, that cannot be removed. It was the Michael Baird government in which Gladys was treasurer, that passed the most scandalous piece of legislation, some say in the history of New South Wales politics, the ICAC Validation Act. This followed the humiliating defeat of ICAC and by inference the government in the Canine Affair. The Validation Act now means 
that if ICAC wrongly determines a corrupt finding against an individual, the ICAC Validation Act stops that individual from using their democratic right to have the decision challenged in a New South Wales court of law. I repeatedly urged Baird and Berejiklian to change this. You can forget Perrottet, he didn't even understand it, but he was in the government. Put in place this was by Liberal government that included today's victim. Gladys now cannot use her democratic right to take this matter to court. This was set up after Margaret Keneen proved in the High Court that ICAC had exceeded its powers when it argued that Margaret had acted corruptly. ICAC was stopped in its tracks by the High Court, who found that ICAC had operated outside its legislative powers. Ironically, it was ICAC that brought the action against Margaret Keneen to the High Court, and they lost. Now Gladys, like Mr Kazal and Mr Kelly, can't have their day in court and challenge a corruption finding. So I don't know where we go from here. There's talk of an appeal. I don't know where that goes. See, no matter how weak or strong that finding might be, tragically, Gladys is now suffering as, as a citizen what she and her colleagues in government did to other honourable citizens, like Sharif Kazal and Andrew Kelly, who'll never recover from their unjust finding. They've been labelled corrupt because they could have done something wrong. Despite the case law in the New South Wales Supreme Court from 1992 involving Premier Griner v ICAC, 1992. Premier Griner also lost his job. And when he went to court, the Supreme Court found that you cannot be labelled corrupt on the could test. It argued that first, obviously, there must first be evidence of wrongdoing that could be prosecuted, which was missing in the Griner case and the Kazal Kelly case. So there are ICAC, clearly aware of the 1992 Griner case that saw Griner's quote-unquote corruption overturned, yet ICAC was happy to label Kazal and Kelly corrupt. Now the same ICAC finds Gladys corrupt because they believe she had a suspicion that Maguire was corrupt and therefore should have reported Maguire to ICAC. But what mental gymnastics could ICAC determine what was in the mind of Gladys Berejiklian? And remember, ICAC says she's corrupt, but oh, uh, uh, doesn't recommend any charges be made against her. So here's an outfit funded by you, the taxpayer, destroying people's lives with no logical outcomes. When I warned Gladys Berejiklian years ago that she may be one day a victim, it went completely overhead. I repeat, Gladys had on her desk a 110-page report by the Inspector of ICAC, John Nicholson, reporting on the Kazal case to Parliament, June 28, 2017. The report outlined clearly the injustice done to Kazal, and one of the key recommendations was for an exoneration protocol. The previous inspector, it's exonerate, in other words, clear the decks, innocent. Now, the previous inspector, ICAC Inspector David Levine, also a former judge, recommended the implementation of an exoneration protocol. I wrote endless letters to Baird and Berejiklian, and they promised in return that justice would be afforded to anyone wronged by ICAC. There is a committee of the New South Wales Parliament that has an overview of ICAC. I wrote to them in August 2020 about these issues. I indicated to the committee in writing that Michael Baird, when he was Premier, gave me the assurance that, quote, if anyone's been wronged by ICAC, ICAC will be held responsible, unquote. Gladys promised me in 2018, quote, our ICAC committee, the parliamentary committee, is looking at ways in which we can ensure that people who have been through the process 
and exonerated somehow get justice, unquote. As I speak to you tonight, there is no exoneration protocol. They find you guilty, you stay guilty. In 2021, the then Director of Public Prosecutions, Lloyd Babb, told the New South Wales Parliamentary Committee looking into the impact that an adverse finding by ICAC could have on someone's life, Babb made the astonishing confession to the Parliamentary Committee that shaming was clearly intended by the Parliament, both as a deterrent and a form of punishment, and that reputational impact is a necessary and intended consequence of ICAC exercising its functions. So said Babb. So this man, Babb, the DPP, was arguing that inherent in the ICAC legislation, and doesn't Gladys today now know that, was the intention to destroy people's reputation, whether they're innocent or not. Babb said, quote, an adverse finding could have significant effect on a person's reputation and life. Such effect was clearly intended by Parliament, both as a deterrent and a form of punishment for undesirable conduct in the public sphere. Any reputational impact is a necessary and intended consequence of an ICAC exercising its functions, unquote. But as I've said, people like Murray Keir, Margaret Keneen, Sharif Kazal, these people were innocent. The reputational impact is appallingly damaging, which Gladys faces today. There was no evidence of misconduct against Margaret Keneen. Her family suffered a nightmare. Her husband urged the parliamentary committee that, quote, that you should recommend that everyone whose reputation has been adversely affected by ICAC's habit of publicly humiliating people, in advance of any adverse finding, these people should receive the benefit of an unqualified public exoneration and, if appropriate, an apology." Unquote. Margaret's husband. Margaret Keneen, Michael Gallagher, Sharif Kazal, the fine Jeff McCloy, a wonderful Newcastle citizen, Andrew Kelly, Andrew Cornwall, the list is endless. And now a woman, who dedicated her life to the service of New South Wales, has lost everything. Her private life's been laid out, cameras, headlines, the whole catastrophe. I'm saying to you, don't read the report. The headline tells you everywhere tomorrow and on the news tonight, Berejiklian is corrupt. I'm telling you that is rubbish. Massive reform is needed of ICAC and start with the abolition of the Validation Act who in politics in New South Wales has got the guts to do that. I've long recommended the Hong Kong model. In Hong Kong, there's no leaking to the media, no photographers everywhere waiting for the arrival of the next victim. By all means, wheel someone in if there's evidence of wrongful behaviour in public office. Hear the evidence in camera, that is privately in camera, as they do in Hong Kong, not in public. ICAC has no prosecutorial powers, thank God for that. They can submit evidence to the DPP, but the DPP can't rely on the same evidence given to ICAC. But if after a hearing in Hong Kong in camera, the DPP found there was sufficient evidence, then of course, you'd name and charge the person. But this mob here of reputational assassins at ICAC are calling Gladys corrupt. But we don't recommend charges. So where is the protection of innocence in this process? Gladys Berejiklian has been charged with nothing. She's lost her job, her income, her vocation, her pride and her reputation. But Gladys, Gladys, listen to me, you haven't lost your friends. The voting public will never believe Gladys Berejiklian is corrupt. But she's had her private life disgracefully paraded in the public place. I repeat what I've said many times. 
the most important investigation that needs to take place in New South Wales, and the new government of New South Wales should begin it immediately, and it should enjoy bipartisan support, reform the ICAC process. It's a fundamental principle of Western democracy that people are innocent until they're proven guilty. Not with ICAC. We do need an investigative body, but not this kind of outfit. Quite frankly, the way this business has been handled, Berger Clinton, along with a raft of others before her, deserve a public apology. The real tragedy is I warned Gladys over and over again to change the process to defend people's innocence. Her government did nothing about it. It's a sadness that she now is veritably hoisted on her own petard. So to viewers, I say this right across New South Wales and Australia, where we go, and indeed we go internationally. I make this comment. Don't trust ICAC. Trust what you know and what you've heard and what you've seen from the woman in the frame tonight, Gladys Berejiklian. She is not corrupt and she'd never do anything that is to the detriment of New South Wales. She has enjoyed widespread public support. I urge you to continue that support.